0: Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the Daily D.C. Impeachment Watch. Every weeknight, we bring you the very latest reporting and analysis of this consequential moment in America. We are on the eve of history. Tomorrow, barring some completely unforeseen development, President Donald Trump will be impeached by the House of Representatives. This will trigger a Senate trial. And today, The leadership of both parties are fighting over what that trial should look like. I've got two very insightful guests to delve into this and much more. In a few minutes, we'll be talking with CNN political analyst Molly Ball, who is also Time Magazine's national political correspondent. But first, I'm joined by my tireless colleague, CNN political correspondent, Abby Phillip. Abby, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Happy to be here, as usual.
0: Thank you. So I am going to play a little sound for you to hear from uh, both Senate uh, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and the Democratic Minority Leader uh, Chuck Schumer, just to set the stage of the back and forth we are now seeing as they um, lay out their, uh, I guess, opening bids for how this uh, trial negotiation will go. Uh, first here is Mitch McConnell, uh taking on the notion uh, that Chuck Schumer put forth that he wants to call witnesses uh, in this trial. Uh, McConnell thinks that that uh, is not necessary. Listen to what he said this morning.
2: So now the Senate Democratic leader would apparently like our chamber to do House Democrats homework for them. He wants to volunteer the Senate's time and energy on a fishing expedition to see whether his own ideas – could make Chairman Schiff's sloppy work more persuasive than Chairman Schiff himself bothered to make it.
0: Chuck Schumer has said, you know, every trial has witnesses. Um, what what we hear McConnell doing here is saying that is not the purview of the Senate, that the House investigates here. The House puts together uh, the indictment, if you will, in
1: impeachment and that their job in the Senate is not to then
0: pick up and do more investigative
1: fact-finding work. Well, it's an interesting argument. And because we haven't had that many impeachments, you could probably make whatever argument you want about how this could go. But I do think that this is part of the problem with mixing the sort of metaphors of a legal trial and an impeachment, because ultimately, uh, if you do want to use that as an analogy, what the House is doing is, uh, you know, is is putting forward uh, what they think is probable cause to charge a crime. And then the actual trial, which is when you uh, hear all the potential evidence there is, you might hear the wit from from all the witnesses, would be, in the Senate. But the problem is that this is a political exercise. And Mitch McConnell is essentially saying, we don't want to have a trial in the first place. So let's just go ahead and take what, uh, what the, the House has been able to get, which is a Democratic House. Uh, and, uh, they've decided f- for the purposes of, of being expeditious to not pursue some of these witnesses, uh, in the courts. They've decided to sort of put forward the evidence that they think they have so far. Let's just take what they have and let's move forward with it to get this over with as quickly as possible. I you know, I think it's a, a probably a decent political argument I don't think that if you're uh, interested in hearing all the available evidence that there could be about this case, that it's a persuasive argument from that point of view, because there are clearly people who have information who are not testifying. And if that information were exculpatory, they would want to testify. Uh, so I do think that that's the that's the other side of the coin that is not political. But just from a common sense perspective, it's it's a little bit hard to uh, to to justify what McConnell is saying. here.
0: And they're not testifying because the president Won't allow them to testify. And
1: he could allow them at any time. The person who is the subject of the impeachment. Exactly. I mean, you know, uh, Mick Mulvaney works for the president of the United States. He could even say, you know what, I'm going to testify to things that do not— you know, do not go against the president's privilege, whatever kind of privilege they want to claim. And he could say, I'm going to sit sit down and I'm going to answer whatever questions I can, because I don't think that there is anything that there is uh, in here that would be damaging to the president's case, but they're not doing that. And and I do think that that, um, that really cuts against this argument that the president did nothing wrong, because if he didn't do anything wrong, there would be a lot of people who would be will- more than willing to say that on the record.
0: This is uh, the point Chuck Schumer is trying to make to the American people. He, he's trying to say, hey, if Mitch McConnell is not in, on board with calling witnesses, they must be hiding something. Listen to the Democratic leader here today.
3: Impeachment trials, like most trials, have witnesses to have none would be an aberration. Why is the leader? Why is the president so afraid of having these witness come, witnesses come testify? What are they afraid the witnesses would say? I'd like to hear Leader McConnell come to the floor and give specific reasons why the four witnesses we've asked for shouldn't testify.
0: Let me tell you what Leader McConnell is not going to do. (laughs) He he is not going to go to the floor and and do what Chuck Schumer is asking. But I think also just hearing both of them today, uh, one of the starkest differences from the 99 Clinton impeachment, which is invoked time and again from all by all sides, is that these two leaders are publicly fighting over the parameters of this trial instead of actually sitting down together behind closed doors to work for the benefit of the Total institution of the United States Senate to hammer out what a trial looks like uh, that serves the constitutional purpose and protects the institution of the Senate.
1: I think we've crossed that bridge here. I mean, this is uh, the fulfillment of where we've been headed all along, which is that this impeachment process in the Trump era is very different. We had Mitch McConnell just a few days ago saying, I'm coordinating with the White House to make this as uh, essentially as beneficial to the president as possible, as quickly as as we can get this through the Senate, we will do that. And um, he, and then you have another senator, Lindsey Graham, saying, I'm trying to tell you as clearly as possible that I am not going to be an impartial juror. This is the reality in the Trump era in which the impeachment process is there is no um, sense that that the institution of impeachment, the constitutional institution of the impeachment needs to be protected. And so it doesn't surprise me that there has been no uh, sort of back-channeling talks. Although I, I would say, you know, in the Senate, even under McConnell, they have... Uh, they've butted heads in public, and then turned around just a few days later and t- and talked through things in private. So I wouldn't it's sort of rule, the way of the Senate. It, it is sort of the way of the Senate. So I would not rule out that after all of these uh, public shenanigans, that uh, behind the scenes there is still some working out that is done because the margins are so narrow. It, it only takes fifty one votes to set the rules in the Senate, uh, and I, McConnell knows that he needs to be careful not to give the impression for some of the moderates that he is just ramming things through in a way that is damaging to the institution.
0: Uh, Before we go to break, I do want to get to what is happening on the House side today in advance of tomorrow's historic vote, which is that uh, the nitty gritty of the way the House works is on display for the American people. The Rules Committee meets to uh, take those articles of impeachment from the Judiciary Committee and set the parameters of what the debate on the floor tomorrow will look like. Although to me watching, I don't know what your thoughts are, but it seems just like another opportunity for a Democrat from the Judiciary Committee and a Republican from the Judiciary Committee to restate the arguments that we heard last week.
1: Exactly. I mean that is that has been what um what this hearing has been. Although I have been really struck by the change in tone by and large in the Rules Committee, which is a little bit more calm, a little bit less um hysterical than some of the theatrics we saw in the uh, the Judiciary Committee, a sort of notably a uh, raucous committee that's very very large where you had a lot of Trump defenders really being vocal about how they thought this was all a sham, but it has been a chance for everything to be laid out in um you know, a little bit more of an orderly way. You had one person on the Democratic side essentially uh, presenting the case and then they sometimes take questions from the chair of the Rules Committee and then one person on the Republican side laying out the case. So it has been a little bit more orderly, but it has not changed anything about where we are in this process.
0: It's also is intriguing when... uh members of Congress themselves are at the witness table uh, dealing with members of Congress. It's a little more uh, collegial. Abby, uh, stay right there. We're going to bring in Molly Ball. But first, we've got a quick break. Welcome back to the Daily D.C. Impeachment Watch. I'm David Chalian. Abby Phillip is still with me. And we're excited to welcome Time Magazine's national political correspondent and CNN political analyst Molly Ball. Molly, welcome back to the podcast.
4: Thanks for having me. Great to be here.
0: Thank you. So I want you to hear a little more from Mitch McConnell on the Senate floor uh, this morning where he suggests, and I'm curious to see if uh, you agree with him or not, that he is sensing that Democrats are beginning to scramble a little bit. Here's McConnell.
2: Maybe the House's public proceedings have left the Democratic leader with the same impression they've left many of us. that from everything we can tell, House Democrats' slapdash impeachment inquiry has failed to come anywhere near, anywhere near the bar for impeaching a duly elected president, let alone removing him for the first time in American history. And so those who have been eagerly hoping for impeachment <clears throat> are starting to scramble.
0: Molly, is that just a partisan bluster from the leader? Uh, or is there also uh, potentially an appealing argument to the American people in what they're hearing from McConnell there? And could it be both? Those aren't mutually exclusive.
4: Sure. In fact, I think the Venn diagram overlaps almost completely between uh, partisan bluster and arguments you're trying to make for publicity purposes to the American people. Uh, you know, Democrats feel like no matter what they did, the Republicans were going to attack the process. Had they spent more time trying to get witnesses and and put on, uh, you know, more hearings in the House, the Republicans would have attacked them for dragging it out. They've been trying to do this in as quick and precise and surgical a manner as possible, so the Republicans are attacking them for having it be too short. Uh, And so... um As for whether the Democrats are actually scrambling, I don't get that sense. Uh, We have seen a remarkable amount of unity among the House Democrats. Um, And so it is certainly the case that a majority of the House of Representatives, as we're about to find out, I I feel pretty confident saying, a majority of the House of Representatives does not think that the case has not been made. Uh, Even a lot of the members in tough districts uh, have signaled that they do view Uh, this case as strong and uh, as worthy of a vote for impeachment. Uh, So then, as we've been talking about, there's this negotiation in the Senate. And the other thing I think needs to be said is whenever either side cites precedent, that's pretty much meaningless, right? The Constitution doesn't really tell the Senate how to do impeachment. And as Abby was saying, the number of examples that we have to draw on, only two, uh, are really just improvised. I don't think many people understand that every Congress makes its own rules. And the Senate, every time there's an impeachment, makes up new rules for that impeachment. So it isn't like, you know, a criminal trial where there is an established set of statutes and procedures. They're just making this up as they go along. And that's the way it is.
1: And I do think um, we are kind of in a place right now where because Republicans are running the show in the Senate. This is their time to be the victim of these process arguments. And I, that's exactly what Chuck Schumer is trying to do. He's basically taken a lot of the same arguments that were levied against Pelosi in the House and, and levied them against McConnell saying, we want more transparency. We want more witnesses. We want to hear more. And There aren't a lot of um, options for the minority, right? Yeah, to, so so that is you make what, the process argument. Yeah, and it, it, you know, whether it's effective or not, I don't know. But I will say this, that I do think that some of these um, moderates in the Senate, I uh, do wonder if they are going to be comfortable with an open and shut process when there are some people, this is going a little bit back to what we were talking about earlier, but there are some people who have made it clear, like John Bolton, for example, a former national security advisor, that they do have information that is, that is, uh, Valuable to this process. And we have not heard from some of these people. And so I, I do think that McConnell uh, has to now balance some of those people, moderates, but also some of the retiring members of the Senate who are Republican, who are not as beholden to President Trump as maybe uh, the, the the others who are, are have to go up for reelection in two years or in or in four years or in six years.
0: Right. There are a couple different categories like the Lamar Alexander fits into that last category you were just talking about. Uh, Mitt Romney, not worried about reelection, but sort of a, a longtime critic of the president versus the Susan Collins, Cory Gardner, Martha McSally, Tom Tillis, uh, Joni Ernst, perhaps, who are all up for reelection in in, in competitive states. Um, Molly, you you mentioned the moderate House Democrats coming on board, and I find this so fascinating because um, it depends on which chamber, because you look to the majority party, right? And you see, is this hot potato of impeachment uh, causing potential losses in the majority party uh, that could uh, perhaps have a crack in their in their majority. So on the House side, we look to those moderate Democrats, those 31 Democrats in Trump districts. On the Senate side, the Republicans are in the majority. We look to those uh, moderate Republicans up for election on the House side that you mentioned with those Democrats. Were you surprised at all to see the Ben McAdams of the world from Utah or Joe Cunningham from South Carolina or Anthony Brindisi from a very Republican district in upstate New York to uh, to. Just get on board with the caucus
4: and and move forward with articles of impeachment. I wasn't, and here's why. Uh, We have seen all year long Speaker Pelosi resist the calls for impeachment from her more liberal members. And the reason was if she was going to do it, she didn't want to do it with a fractured caucus. And so she only took the step of beginning impeachment in the first place with the knowledge that her most uh, vulnerable members were behind it. Now, the Democrats have already lost one member, uh, Jeff Van Drew, if he goes through with the switch to the Republican Party. So that is a material loss if you're thinking about counting votes in the House, which Speaker Pelosi literally always is. Uh, but, uh, but you know, uh, she she wouldn't have done this in the first place if she didn't think that members like that uh, would go along and would not be imperiled by it. And the polling that the House Democrats are seeing now is polling that seems to show, the, similar to the public polling, there is a narrow public plurality for impeachment, but for most voters, it's probably not going to be the issue that decides their vote a year. So whichever way you're going to vote, and if anything, the Democratic base appears more riled up about impeachment uh, than the Republican base, despite many, many, many Republican claims to the contrary. Uh, And so a lot of these members are looking at this as uh, a potentially costless uh, and essentially a a conscience vote.
1: And it does strike me that some of these members have already cast the important vote here they've all when, on, the inquiry, on the inquiry when they voted to authorize the inquiry they sort of put themselves in a little bit of a of a box and they already paid if they were going to pay a political price they've already paid that political price and so I I do think that's probably why we're seeing maybe not as many defections as you might have expected um, given that the polling isn't some large swing in favor of impeachment nor is it some l- large swing against impeachment, I think it's because they already know once they've cast that one vote, they they have already cast their lot in with the majority here. The the political
0: attack against them isn't going to change uh, whether they voted for the inquiry or on the articles of impeachment if they're just worried about that. But I also think what you're saying is true about the polling. Because the country is so locked in and and just split on this, um, there is not as much a political risk... Uh, in going ahead and supporting impeachment, even if you're in a tough district, because uh, the greater risk may be uh, disappointing your base of support that you need in that
1: district as well. Yeah, I've been interested in, I mean, to Molly's point, intensity matters here. Democrats are pretty convinced by and large that Trump should be impeached. And I was interested in looking at um, our latest poll about where that intensity is and why people think that Trump should be impeached. And some Some large percentage, 85 percent, say that he should be impeached even for things that are not in the articles of impeachment. So the people who support impeachment, they think Trump is needs to be impeached regardless. And you do risk, if you are a moderate, pulling the the rug out from under you uh, with your own base if you fail to listen to some of that sentiment.
4: And I would just point out, we've seen this movie before. Impeachment was an issue in the 2018 midterms. And we had, uh, for a while, the president going out saying, you know, Republicans have got to come out and vote because if you don't, the Democrats are going to try to impeach me. Uh, and uh, they, I think they even ran a few ads on it. And it basically died after about a week because I think the uh, campaign committees figured out it wasn't doing anything. It wasn't working. It wasn't getting those Republicans to go out and vote. And indeed, uh, they, though Republicans were quite motivated into 2018. Not enough of them got out and voted to save the House. Uh, So impeachment has already failed as a political tactic. Now, a number of things are different now, obviously. Trump will be on the ballot in 2020, as he wasn't in 2018. And impeachment will have actually happened, as opposed to being invoked as a sort of boogeyman. And the Ukraine story didn't exist then. And support for
0: impeachment overall was much lower nationally uh, than it is now.
4: Right. So a lot of complicating factors. But that is at least one piece of evidence that seems to show. I I know the House Democrats look back at that and say, okay. well, well, you know, impeachment didn't decide the twenty eighteen elections. Healthcare did. Totally. So they look forward to twenty twenty and say, by the time there's a candidate up against Donald Trump, that person's going to be setting the narrative, and that person's not going to be talking about impeachment.
0: Every Democratic candidate I met with in twenty eighteen, we would ask about impeachment, like in a off the record session or something, and it would just be like. They didn't want to touch it. They just wanted to get back to healthcare, And it was just not an issue that they wanted to spend time on. I I think that is uh, I think that's a good point that 2018 did see a bit of a test on that already. Abby, Molly, thank you so much for joining me on The Daily DC Impeachment Watch. And thanks to our listeners. We've got a new episode for you every weeknight. So please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcast app is. And while you're there, leave us a rating or a comment. It helps people find the show. We'll see you tomorrow.
3: When you work, you work next level. When you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, sleep number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. JD Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store.